You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. From a land far, far away where success is a long shot and the struggle really is real comes a voice from the depths of the concrete, the bowels of the BX, a voice that can't be silenced, here to share his positivity. Welcome to the Hope of the Hood Podcast. Yo, welcome back to Hope of the Hood. It's your boy. I'm so happy to be here this week. Feeling good. Uh, Last week was a blizzard. Heard about it. We made it through. Now it's fucking sunshine. It's a weird week so far. A few things have stood out to me. I've been inspired. Sometimes you got to be inspired by the things you don't know will inspire you. Sometimes it's the, not always the rainbows that are inspirational, you know? Like the other day I got on a train. And I'm usually good at not getting on the doo-doo train. But I got on the doo-doo train. But the thing was... The doo-doo train was packed. So that's how I got fooled. Usually I'm waiting for the empty, you know, the empty cars, the doo-doo train. Dude, the shit was packed. And everybody's, I should have known because everybody's jaw was mad tight. And they were just like playing the game of chicken or some shit. Like, who could, who could ride the most stops smelling this shit? And like, you know, it's like, you ever, like, you ever seen the movie Get Out? Like the, the, the eyes, like when it's watering, when he was sitting, like, that's what these people were looking like. And I was standing there and I fucking got off on the next stop. But then like later on that day, later on that week, I was like, that's the resilience you need to make it in life. Cause it's all shit. A lot of shit. If you could just lock your jaw, you know, your eyes might start watering, but the longer you can fucking ride it out. If you could get to the Brooklyn bridge from Pelham Bay park, that's like 8 million stops. People on a doodle train. You built to win. Seen a pigeon with one foot, two legs and one foot, like something happened. I don't know what happened to him, but he's still out there with the other pigeons with two feet going for his. He don't care. Nothing's holding him back. He's getting all the bread that's out there for him. No excuses. No, do- there was no doctor in the wilderness like, yo, let me stitch your shit up. He probably didn't eat for like a day or two because he was probably fucking like wilding out over his foot like, yo, I can't believe it. But then after a while, he was like, yo, son, you got to eat, son, you hungry. Instincts kicked in. That's like what it is out here, man. Just go and get it. That's the lesson. <laughs> That's the Hope of the Hood lesson this week. Hope you can use it. Hope you can apply it. You know, do to train resilience. And be like the pigeon with one foot and two legs. Just getting his bread. No excuses. I'm so excited to have this guest. You got to understand. Let me go back to um, what even sparked me to contact this great person. I was hanging out with a boo, Boothang, Boothang clan. And, you know, I'll be chilling with people that read books and shit, man. So there was books on the coffee table. Pick up this book. And it's, it's from our guest. And I'm reading the book. And then you signed it, actually. I was like, oh, shit. And then I was like, I messaged you. <laughs> Through the internet way. And and it's OG Jew Yorker. So there was even more of like a, you know, connect connection. And so I'm, I'm like, yo, this shit is wild. Like, what? But I've been new 
of you. Like I've seen this person, she's all over this. If you fucking ever went outside in New York City, unless you live in Schenectady somewhere, go outside and then, well not only that you gotta kind of look at the walls you gotta be in tune with like yo what the fuck the shit that you see the most open of. your third eye open your third eye it's a kombucha you know what I'm saying and she drinking kombucha we not even gonna get into the kombucha yet yo we don't even wanna fuck they chakra up yet they chakra might get unaligned if we hit them with the kombucha um so graffiti writer extraordinaire Scrawler. Ex- 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 uh Fashion designer. Indeed. Business owner. Visionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 your idol. Highest title. Numero uno. I'll take it. Some say. Some say. Uh, Claw Money, a.k.a. Claudia Gold. Can I tell you I was bugging out over your last name? Do you know people really freak out over my last name not usually people from New York eh Claudia Gold there's like a million people with the last name Gold but when I travel people like Claudia Gold that's a big deal oh that's a nice name I'm like you're like the second Gold that I know there's there's so many it's New York and I think that like you know it must have been like Goldberg Goldman Goldstein something right maybe something crazy and um, they chopped it and when my grandfather got to Ellis Island. So I've just been gold. Oh, so I'm rocking with it. That's Whatever. That's lit, though. Honestly, because I'm from the Bronx. So my my mom's black from uh, the Bronx, from Brooklyn. My dad's black from Guyana, but mm-hmm. he's, like, light-skinned. And, like, I've always been fascinated with people that weren't black, particularly Jewish people. Oh, yeah. So whenever there's something cool that I find, I'm like, man. Fucking Jews. Am I Jew? No, I'm like, I, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. I go, man, I fucking wish I was Jewish. Because like people, gold is a lit like, name. I don't know no black people named gold. Do you know how much we would flaunt that? I mean, you can make that happen though. You can change your name. Right? We were talking about the fakeness. That, right? Like you can just like invent your name. Plus, you know, you can just make it your nickname and then it'll be your name. True. Right? You don't even have to, like, legally change your but name. But on paper, like, when people have to call you gold, member. That's right. That's true. You're gold. At the bank. At the bank. Right. Miss Gold, can I help you? Your teacher. Even if, like, it's, it's true. school. It's true. Will Mrs. Gold, will Miss Gold come to the front of the class? And you're like, I think that's me. Heavy metal, yo. So, thank, how are you, first of all? I'm good. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Under a lot of uh, stress. A lot of stuff going on in the next couple couple weeks. What an action packed weekend, right? I mean, Passover, Easter, and April Fools. I mean, what the hell? What's a girl to do? <laughs> I have a kid, so like you know, April Fools is a big deal. What's the best? What's the best? What's the best prank have you that you've ever played? How old is your child, by the way? Uh, he just turned seven. Um, I'm not like a really like a prankster, but like he really is into it. So like I gotta, I gotta like plan something like heavy or something, you know, like something around like. So we're doing Passover um, at my sister's at the Upper East, and then at my cousin's the next night on the Upper West, and then Sunday's Easter, and we're supposed to go to his grandma on the other side. My my husband's not Jewish, and uh, I don't know. I might just be like, yeah, well, I can't do Easter. Like we can't do it or something. Can't do the yeah, best something. of both worlds. I don't worlds. know. I figure that that'll get him upset. So you're saying bit. you can't do the best of both worlds? Can't do it. Can't do it all. No chocolate. No eggs. No peeps. Nothing. Mm, like I can't. Damn. Yeah. And then well, he'll get like really upset, and then he'll be like, "Even fools." <laughs> right. When is April Fool's? I it's don't... Sunday on Gosh. Easter Sunday. Because I was going to be like, your son's probably going to listen to this podcast. I know. No, no, no. But this will come out. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. All right. It's very unimpressed by me. So you're stressed out. <laughs> Back to the stresses. Mm-hmm. You're drinking. You've informed me this is your first kombucha. My first kombucha. Ever I'm telling you, I'm surrounded by kombucha drinkers. And I'm like, I'm not drinking that crap. Um, it's delicious. I'm into it. It's like weird and sour. I like that. Like. But, that threw me because it tasted the first time I've ever tried it. It tasted like vinegar. And I was it tastes like, oh. like there. It's really like if I squeezed extra lemon in it and left it in my fridge for a couple of days. It tastes like that. It's good. 
So do you feel like the stress has been alleviated at totally. all? Totally. I'm like a whole new person. <sighs> I'm about to start drinking that, man. Please. Because my friends are telling me to say, yo, kombucha, son. No, I feel, I, maybe it's just you guys. I don't know. I'm feeling good. I mean, I was feeling good already that the <laughs> fact that you're here, because I know, you know, you a boss, so you got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff riding on everything you do. You know, you got the pride game, you got the uh, 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 livelihood game, mm-hmm. all of these things. You got a child, so now it's like mm-hmm. not even just you. Right. I got to I gotta keep, keep up uh, certain standards on lots of levels. A lot of pressure, but that's good. I, you know, I'm I'm down for that. Um, I'm working on paintings, which I particularly dislike. I, I much prefer to paint a wall. Is this for the? Is this for the? Uh, I saw you post something for an ex- big exhibition, exhibition in LA. I was about that's to be like, right. Exhibit. And uh, I am dropping the claw money, and I am listed as Claudia Gold, and I'm sure everyone. Is going to be like, who the fuck is that? But whatever, you know, what do you, what can you do? They're gonna learn tonight. Why are you dropping? Tune in, tune in. Why are you why are you dropping the claw money and going into the I don't know. I think I have to be, I think I I have to morph. Sometimes it's hmm. butterfly status. I think that I can yes, I can sort of finagle my way into a different crowd being claw money. You're saying, Claudia Gold. Hold on. You're saying, oh, I you mean the reverse. Are, the reverse. I do okay. mean the reverse. I can finagle in, in in a different way. You know what I mean? Hmm. Jew Mafia style. <laughs> oh, you know what I, I mean? Connect with my people. I, fucking, I need to connect with my people. Dude, I love it. <laughs> so hard. So you're you're a graffiti writer. And um you I read somewhere. That you start, I'm lying, I fucking don't read a lot. I YouTube, I watched some YouTubes. And you started in 89, and and I heard you went, you did it by yourself out the gate. You went the first mission. Don't believe everything everything you watch. No, no, of course. It was was all me. No, it was all me. It was all me. Nobody wanted to paint with me. All my my boys, they were like, get out of here. I was a lot. I guess you know I was a liability in their mind. Slow them down, get them caught, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, okay, bye, bye. But you was already feeling it though. Like you was already had the bug. I had the bug. Yeah, I had the bug. I was like, oh, if <laughs> if he could do it, I could do it for sure. Mm-hmm. Where are you from originally in New York? I'm originally from Fresh Meadows, Queens. Shout out to uh, to my peeps, Francis Lewis Boulevard. What up? <laughs> um, I moved to Long Island to go to junior high and high school. And then I moved into the city to go to FIT. Oof. Hence is where I started writing graffiti mm. in the late 80s. Dolo. Dolo. And then when did you, when did you... Like, did you ever reunite with your original posse or was it like? Yeah, no, no, no. I think, um, you know, they like had to nurture and love me. Like I I made them do it. It was, um, you know, I think it was thought that I wasn't really going to make any of this happen. And then when it happened, then they gave me like the love and uh, uh, acceptance I you know, did needed you, or whatever. Did you always have that initiative, take initiative, like, attitude? Because to me, it seems like, no, you know, if somebody it, doesn't give you something, it's like, yo, I'm going to go and fucking do my thing, and then you're going to have to respect it, or, like, at least accept it. Maybe not respect it at first, but accept it, because you see the resilience and the comeback action. That's what graffiti gave mm. to me. Mm. Gra- graffiti made me into that, where I think I had never uh, done something on my own free will to, like, you know, to to meet certain goals and to come up with sort of like a plan. I wasn't like self-actualizing. Um, so graffiti taught me to, to really be a go-getter. And I sort of like apply all of that to my life in other ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Do you think, I think because I'm a comedian, so I feel like it's like the same thing with me. 
to to the extent of like I never really do you think it was like you saw something that was like you wanted to do it because for me it was comics so it was like I never wanted to do anything that much and I never I was never really willing to put in I guess what you would say would be the effort to kind of achieve something that I didn't know how I was going to achieve do you think that's what graffiti was to you like you saw something that it just was like I gotta do it so so much I gotta do it yeah it it I didn't think I could do it and I I wanted to prove to myself that I could really at the end of the day I was like oh this is hard like can I do this can I keep up and uh that was that was the that's why I'm sort of like weirdly uh like so indebted to the movement mm-hmm. you know sometimes I'm like ah it's too much headache I'm sick of talking about it but like I owe everything to graffiti mm. yeah that's pretty big it's pretty big so how long you so you're you're out there you're getting up mm-hmm. as the kids say yes <laughs> you get you're getting up when did you start? When did you start, like, earning respect, Um, like, from your peers and stuff like that? I guess, you know, in the... From uh, when you started it? uh, I'm going to say, like, in the early to mid-90s after I was, like, you couldn't deny it. I was just painting all the time. Mm. And I stopped writing graffiti for a while in the mid-90s. And I was like, I'm done with it. Just bring drama to me. Like, what the fuck is this for? Like, just bullshit. Like, fuck all this. Mm -hmm. And I met a young lady in the late 90s at the time. And she was writing graffiti. And we became fast friends. And she was the one who sort of, like, dragged me back out. And this is, like, late 99 early 2000s and all my experience writing graffiti it was just your name and your rap on the street there was no internet mm-hmm. and now the game had changed and she had been asked me to paint 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 and I'm like oh that's for you kids like you know and then one night we were you know drinking a little kombucha <laughs> with a b and uh she had some cans. We we painted it, and the next day, weirdly enough, it was all over the internet. And I was like, "Oh, look at that!" Mm. Everybody's so happy to see the claw. <laughs> so you're saying that you lost? I'm not saying you lost love, but you fell out of interest because I you're like, "Where's it going?" You're like, "Dude, I got the rep. Everybody ah, loves me." Was, in I the had streets. beef. I had beef. The cops were after me. Like crazy, crazy mm. shit going on. I was just like, "Ugh." You know, like, I can't deal with this anymore. I got to, like, make money and, like, get serious with my life. Like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. A lot of headaches. And I I really wanted to, like, concentrate on my fashion career. So I stopped. And then I met Miss Seventeen. And the rest is history. Shout out to Miss Seventeen. Shout out to Miss Seventeen. All see city king. Every, see her every. I mean, dude, she every come wearer. on. Top dude, five dead or alive. Every wearer. You got to understand people. Top five dead or alive. She really is. You got to understand. City, New York City. Like that's New York City history. Everywhere. Everywhere. I'm talking about crevices. That's the most. I love that shit. When you see something in the crevice and you like. Crevice king. The crevasse. She, yes. You yes. like. They was in the. They was over here. You can't, the train don't even, like, you got to take a train to a fucking five, like a bus. Revenant like, up. Revenant. <laughs> you heard of the Revenant? The Revenant. For sure. So she, at the time, you know, she was young. She was getting a lot of shit very similar to stuff, you know, oh, she doesn't paint her own stuff. She doesn't do this, you know. She sucks, this, that, and I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to paint with this young lady and let's see if we can change some people's minds. And um, those four or five years were the, was a very special time in my life. <laughs> so you said early 2000s to mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And I stopped like painting completely in 2005 when... 
I made my book that you Mm -hmm. were inspired to Mm -hmm. contact me after you read. So I knew I was starting that and I just had to sort of like wind everything down from there. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Oh, so interesting. So, you, you. so Miss 17, shout out to right. Miss 17. Shout out to Miss 17. Did, did you get the bug because you saw like, I, I like the, because the internet was buzzing? Was that like, yo, well, woo. you know what? I was like, like, feeling me. People were talking mad shit on there about other people. And I was like, all right, well, you know, what the fuck are they going to say if I'm there? Like, they're not going to. They better fucking not say that, you know? And I think it was the first time, like, two women were, like, really going out and, like, hardcore bombing. Mm. And it was it was super fun. She would come and wake me up and smoke a joint. And then, like, um, the next day I'd have to go to work or something. It was good times, What you was know? the goal? Was there a goal? No, it was just, it was just to uh, sort of get all the good spots you know so be the most seen pretty much yeah you know hot boys hot boys same gang yeah okay yeah hot boy spots (laughs) yeah it was fun that was those were good times sick this is inspiring to me and and a slew of other people that are listening good how like tell me some of the biggest obstacles with you starting in 89 to the early 2000s that you've encountered as and this is the thing that I, I well, hate. Well, you know, there's like pluses and minuses to being a woman and writing graffiti. Yeah, yeah. There's so there's like major advantages because people are like, "Did I just see that?" And you're like, "No, you didn't see that. Are you crazy?" <laughs> and it worked. It weirdly works. They're like, "Did she just do?" No, she didn't just do that. Right. Um, and definitely could talk my way out of getting arrested a lot. Not all the time. It wasn't 100% effective. But, um, you know, putting yourself in, in danger's way is a big is a big problem for female writers, I think. Because, sadly, women do not have the same physical strength as men. And when we can figure that out, we'll take over, ladies. Anyway, um, so I would say, like, that, be, like, the unsafeness mm. would be, like, the obstacle but i could do everything but those are like physical obstacles those aren't yeah, like, like so like, what else not, is nothing's there? holding you back after that what you're saying i mean other than i mean some nights you're like shook and you feel like weird and like something weird is happening and you're like oh i can't like i don't think we should do this tonight or something you get a weird feeling mm-hmm. um you know like that's as emotional of an obstacle that you get you know you're like, I'm going to do this. And I used to be really like sort of like ballsy because people would be like, oh, my God, this chick is like painting. Like she's on her bicycle. Her like can is under her arm and she's like wearing a skirt and like what the fuck is going on here. And I'd just be like, beep, you know, mm-hmm. I always felt like the more in your face you did it, the easier it was, it was to sort of like get over. But I don't know. That was a long time ago. Might but where not do be you like f- that anymore. Where do you feel that courage comes from? Like, where, where did that come from? Just knowing the psychology of people being really like they didn't know how to process it. They were like, Whoa, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I always smoke joints on the corner and like watch the cops drive by. I don't know. I just, that's what I do. Is it, is it, is it? <laughs> Like I just break, I'm just breaking the law. Like everywhere I go, is it the lack of, is it the lack of scruples? Um, I don't think it's necessarily like scruples. It's just like okay, I can whatever situation happens, I can handle it. Like trusting yourself. Like I can talk my way out of this. I can say this. I can come up with this. I can run away. I could, you know what I mean? Like how? Like do I have all of my like exit strategies like lined up? So I think that there's something in internally that um, you have to check with yourself if if you can handle it. Because some some nights you're like, oh, I just can't. I like I got a weird feeling. I have a dream or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, it was just like walking around with my homegirl, 
telling jokes, painting, you know, doing one spot, not doing the outline, going to do a different spot, coming back when it was dry, finishing that. Like we were very in tune partners, sort of. We didn't really have to talk. We kind of knew what was going on. It was very unique. Did you learn on the fly? How'd you learn? What, painting? Yeah. Yeah, I taught, you know, I'm self-taught. You just mm. pick up a can and fuck up enough times. You're like, oh, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> um, but I definitely have had, like, people tell me throughout the years, especially when I was young, I would do some, like, wild stuff. And they'd be like, you're just going to leave it like that? And I'm like, yeah, it looks dope. And they're like, really? Does it really look dope? Like, <coughs> oh, come on, Claudia, you can do better. And that pushed me to be, like, a better writer. Like, oh, is it as neat as that guy? I used to just be like, oh, you can read it. It's good. But um, I had to sort of hone up my skills a little bit. When When did you start taking constructive criticism, like, kindly? Because it seems like you gave it some sort of resistance. Effort. Yeah, no, I definitely, I was like, oh, he's just they're just hating because I'm a girl. Like, I would definitely always, like, play play <laughs> some shit in my head. Like, but it was actually really whack. Like, it wasn't because of my gender. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I did, like, I did a piece and I did a silver outline and silver spray paint, like, spreads. And, like, it's very, like, misty and mm -hmm. not, like, a. I mean, now, today, it's a totally different racket with the caps and stuff. You can get, like, stuff much more precise. But notoriously, it just is a very, like, it's a bad choice for an outline around mm -hmm. something. Plus, it has, like, weird shine when you look at it so it can look dark and light. Right, and, right. like, and I did this whole, like, piece. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do a silver outlet. It's so next level. And I remember, like, everybody I brought to the wall was like, ooh, like... And I, I was like, you guys are haters. I can't even, like, this is, but it's funny. I used to really, like, wince when I would, like, look at those pictures and be like, oh, like, ooh, and hear their, like, criticism or, like, feel that feeling of me, like, trying to push it away. But now, sort of, that stuff was some of the best stuff I did because it was so free. I didn't mm -hmm. have any rules I was following. I didn't have to you know, connect my arrows in a certain way or, like, link up my letter. Mm -hmm. I just was on my own shit. And I can see, like, what I was trying to do, but I wasn't doing it. But, you know, like, the the essence of that uh, vision is there. Only I can see it, but, you know, it's some of the most uh, free and, you know, non- self-judging things i've i've done hmm. yeah that's where it's like almost like in comedy like i'll i'll have a joke that I, like i thought was this brilliant fucking joke in the beginning and, and it stunk but then like fast forward years and then you're like oh shit i i, I know what i was trying to do i just now wasn't I can, doing it right. and now i can make it work but it's like you gotta right like you know how to make it work now but the essence is still there right 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 so what pushed you like that's fucking nuts like so you saw this you took the constructive criticism. So, like, what pushes you to be like? Was it? Is it that? Is it that hip hop, New York thing of like, yo, I gotta show them what time it is. Yeah, it's that total New York competitiveness. Like, I'm stepping up. I gotta like be a contender, or I'm 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 nobody. And this isn't like the ninety early nineties. No, but late eighties. In the early, yeah, it was like, I got to have more, I got to have more than, than everybody. I got to, and then when I developed the claw from my W and my name, and it was just so much faster and I could twist it around and make it like clever and weird. Mm. Um, I was super into it, but I remember um, being non-gender specific, like I was trying to not be like, flowers right <laughs> or like lady claw or whatever you know right. what i mean i was just like claw you know and um i was into it when people didn't know but usually when the girls would find out they'd be like i knew you were a girl i could just tell i'm like yeah because nobody writes sassy in their fill-in or like cutie or <laughs> like hey cutie <laughs> they didn't know nothing they didn't know how like, I have a, a bunch of friends that write, 
Mm. Whatever. This is the question that I forgot. I had Scheme on here, and mm-hmm. I totally forgot to ask him this. This is like the fucking. He's a god. He's this a is god. like the most. Like this was like the biggest. Like imagine doing a whole interview, and then when you leave, the biggest question you wanted to ask someone you didn't fucking ask them. It was crazy. I was like, whatever. So I'll ask you, what does style mean to you, and how important is it? So there's so many different school and like niche subsects of graffiti. There's like the bombers. There's like the throw up guys. There's the conceptual guys. There's the piece letter guys with the style and the. And I appreciate all of that stuff. I'm not there though. Like I'm not with those people. Mm -hmm. So I've sort of taken my love of like throw up and bombing and then sort of now, obviously I don't do things illegal, you know. (laughs) Um, I've moved that into conceptual. So it's sort of a bridging of both. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to rock a letter. I love to do a piece, but I'm not like the style master. I like simple, readable, Mm -hmm. chunky, bold in your face shit. That's me. And that's more effective to me. I want to sort of like knock people out like, oh, damn. Like. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, by being simple, but the guys that can do, you know, these technical crazy pieces, I mean, it's amazing and mm-hmm. I love it, but that's just not my, my bag. I mean, but you do, you have your style. Yeah. You have your own oh, style. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I have my own style, but it's not like, you know, the the style gods of graffiti. Like, I'm not in the pantheon, you know? Like, scheme, like you know, scheme, like, that's a real innovator and shit. But <clears throat> how important is having your own style? I think it's thought? really, I think it's really important because... Graffiti can be so generic and can be so uh, insidery where you don't, uh, you know, if you're a fan, you can't really distinguish one from the other because you're you're too much of a novice to be able to read it. Um, that if you kind of stick out because your style is unique, that's a great advantage with your average street layman that's not like a graffiti expert. Mm. So style is everything, but it's everything in, in all genres, right? I was going to say, what do you think came first for you? Was it like just having style of who you no, are? No, no, no. Or was it, was, it, was it the graffiti? Oh, no, no. Having... I had style. No, I had style way before I had graffiti. That's what I'm trying, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to go no, right No, but I was going to say like my graffiti style in the beginning was just to have more and legible and like – can you read it? Do you know it's me? It's up there. Like, I don't care. I just want to have like a million spots. I want every gate on this block. Everybody's going to know this is my neighborhood. Like, and then I had to sort of work style into that. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, style like um, is, you know, can be applied to everything. Cooking. Hip hop, either rapping or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Skateboarding, whatever you do. I don't know. Pick so, a subculture. So, you are a 
fashion icon, some say. Some say. You are a purveyor of swag, some say. Some say. How, so how did you make the jump? And when did you make the jump from like, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to be writing and I'm just going to, whatever. You're going to do, you're going to follow your passion. This is like, that's like a, like you're not getting paid. So you know I mean? was working in fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to school. I was going to Fashion Institute of Technology when I first started writing graffiti. And by day I worked in fashion and studied fashion and did my thing. And at night I was bartending in clubs and uh, and bars in New York City. And I was writing graffiti. And I'd wake up the next day and go to work. Because, you know, you got to hustle. Mm-hmm. So I lived... Uh, you know, Claudia Gold by day and Claw TC5 by night. So that's how it was. It wasn't like, oh, maybe I should do fashion now that I've conquered graffiti. Like it was simultaneously going on. Mm-hmm. And um, when I when I stopped writing graffiti, I, I was doing a lot of like styling and uh, stuff like that. And when I stopped, I said, I'm going to stop being an assistant. Like, I have to be, like, the lead stylist on this or the creative um, costumer or something. Like, I, I can't be assistant. And I really tried to uh, hyper-focus on my career. And then when I started painting graffiti again, I was a fashion editor and stylist and costume designer, vintage dealer. And I was painting graffiti at night. Mm-hmm. You know, it was both at the same time. And then I think when I was painting a lot in the early 2000s, um, <clears throat> people started saying to me, like, hey, you should do a con, man. I have a t-shirt, Brian. Let's do a con t-shirt. And, you know, my friend said, oh, I'm going to bring this guy over. He has Japanese denim brand and he wants claws on, on you know. And after, like, the 10th person in one week tell it to me, I woke up and I was like, oh. <gasps> crazy dream i should like put a claw on a t-shirt and that was in 2002 and here we are 16 years later and uh yeah i still make clothes and stuff with clothes on them (laughs) when did the shop (laughs) when did the shop come about um the shop opened up like three and a half years ago okay and we're on delancey and ludlow can we get the exact address? Please? 101 Delancey Street. So you stop by, check it out. Pop by the whole store. F train, M train, J train, Z train. So 2000 and what's that? 14? 2014. 2014. You're like, yo, we done sold enough t-shirts. Time to take this to the next level. I had, in the early 2000s, before 9-11, I was wheeling and dealing designer vintage clothes. And it sort of started... I started buying like some crazy stuff um, to use in photo shoots, to wear, buy and trade. And then it just became like a little side business. And after 9-11, sort of everything in New York dried up. Mm-hmm. My Japanese clients that were coming to buy every month, they stopped coming to New York. Um, TV commercials, catalogs stopped filming stuff in New York. After 9-11, and that's when Claw Money, the t-shirt brand, was born. So all this crap that I had, I shoved into storage. And then Claw Money went, like, full force. Hmm. And in 2014, we were in the midst of doing a really big merchandise deal with a with a big, like, mega uh, company. And there were certain points in the contract that I just couldn't sort of open myself up to. And I couldn't sign it and I couldn't do the deal. And we were fucked. I had like six employees. We were waiting for this. We had been working with them for eight months and like getting all the stuff together. And it now is like sign the contract. And I was like, I just can't sign this because of, you know, these few points. Like you're really putting, you're putting me in the hole. I'll never be able to pay this money back or like get ahead of the eight ball. It was something like if you have to, you know, airship goods from china your percentage goes from like 12 percent to like one percent or something and my and i was like oh we'll be on time it won't be our fault we'll get it we'll (laughs) send it on the boat and my friend was like 
We airship every fucking shipment. There's always something going wrong. You have to, you can't sign, like, they're, they'll never pay you. They're just going to own your brand. You're going to have to, like, uh, work on these, on these designs, and they're going to own your shit and lock you down. And I was like, I just can't sign it. And I remember I was so upset because I had to go back and tell all my employees, and they were just, like, waiting for this deal to happen. And I said to a friend of mine, I was like, oh, God, I can't believe I can't. I don't have this deal. I should just like open up a store because I had all my stuff in storage from mm. 2001 on my crazy designer. Um, heat. Yes, heat. And he said, well, my childhood best friend just bought this building downtown and you should talk to him. And I got Jude in. <laughs> You got the, you got the. I got the, I got the Jew to Jew, um, you know, resuscitation for sure. You got a mezuzah? No, I should. I know, whatever. I mean, it's like an invisible mezuzah. You the walking mezuzah. I got you. (laughs) I got you. Yeah. So you out there solo, you were solo wheeling and dealing by yourself with these corporations? I'm solo wheeling dealing. You didn't have no representation. Well, like nobody fighting for you. You're like, yo, fuck that. Nobody fought for claw her whole life and nobody's going to start fighting for me now. And then you're like, man, fuck this shit. Well, you know, I had a bunch. I've had agents over the years. They never got me one fucking deal. Mm. And then I would envelop them into my deals and they would never really bring anything to the table. I kick them back 20 percent. And I'm like, why am I doing this? This is all like I can handle this. We never sort of actively go out for uh, collaborative collaborations. They sort of come to us, mm-hmm. so we pick and choose. Damn, that's so. It's so, I feel like there's such a parallel, like even in comedy, because it's like we were talking about this in the alley just now, smoking a little. But mm. so we, I was just talking about where you know when you're not on, you feel like the manager is going to help you, the agency or whatever's going to help you. Because you don't feel validated. You feel like you watch everybody else. They got these people representing them. They get all of the breaks or whatever. And I was just telling him where... Shout out to Jose, by the way. He's in the building. In case Jose. you're like, who the fuck is him? So I was just telling him, like, it. the best feeling there is is to get validated <laughs> without signing anything and then knowing what you're worth. And then you just keep fucking going because everything, it's going to come. It's going to come without really having, like you said, the collaborations come. You're not out there like, hey, Sacconi, please. You're like, no, I'm fucking going to keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, I have have very good friends that always are thinking of me Mm. and throwing my name into the hat. And, you know, I've had many people like help me in my career and including my friend that read the contract that told me absolutely not, right? And with the guidance and and bestowed love of them, mm-hmm. I'm here I'm here as witness to their their help and um but I'm a businesswoman and I love to do that shit and you bring me to a meeting and I can expand on the idea um in fact I moving into branding, advertising, branding, and um, directing. Now I'm a director for Hilo Agency doing uh, advertising stuff because I've been working on the back end for so long. Um, So I really do enjoy the business stuff. Like what would a manager do? Like I'd just be telling them what to do. Like I can just do that. My... That's how I feel, too. Like, it's like, if someone says, how can we help you? I'm like, I already don't want to talk to you. So I'm lucky because I have staff and they deal with it. And then, I'm, you know, then we discuss the finer points and they have to negotiate it. So I'm not physically negotiating it, but it's sort of from, you know, the ideas come from us. We, So it's, it's very useful to have staff uh, take those calls. But yes, these agents either bring me work or get out. And they, they never did. They never, I think they never really understood what it was. They were like, oh, everyone likes this and it's kind of cool, but I don't really understand it. And I don't really understand how to like pitch this or what it means. And it would have to be someone who was like hungry going to them, but the hungry people come directly to me. So why? Right. 
because they're the ones that essentially get it without you having to be you right know? right but i i find a lot that they don't really understand what the brand is or what the you know the ethos is you know what is the ethos of the of the brand um claw money for strong women and the men that love them ooh i guess right i like that right not and not necessarily like romantic love we don't have to be no, like heteronormal no, 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 or like heteronormative no. or whatever you know men that are respect women dude that's like one of the biggest turn-ons and not on some like none of the big words you just said <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? But I get it in context. Yes. But so like, no, I'm so attracted to like friends and just in general, like people, women that are, that just are ambitious. Self, and like, yeah. Self-possessed. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's like that's the shit. best thing. That's that shit. Yep. Like even back to like Alana Glazer, like that shit, Broad City started as a web series. Like this was not. This was like something they did on their own and it got popping. And then the people were like, hey, what's up? Because they saw that. I think that's one of the things we were talking about earlier about faking it. Not that they were faking it, but with the Internet, I think that, too, it takes the power from the people that used to be like, oh, I got this Rolodex. Now you're like direct to the people. That's right. You don't need, there's no, uh, somebody has to give you a deal for you to get out there and do your thing. That's a beautiful thing, right? Equalizer. What's the, do you think there's a difference like when you began getting up? If, do you ever think about like, what would it be like if there were phone, like internet, like if we had social media? Oh my God, I can't even imagine. I mean, I definitely would have a lot of photos that I would regret now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for sure like a million um yeah i don't know i think the the difference the real difference is is everything now is weirdly performative whether you're performing or you're waiting for your post to perform for you so it's this this thing where you're it's not really just doing it just to do it mm-hmm. you're doing it because you're sort of pandering Absolutely. to people. So I feel I wasn't pa- I was pandering to people but just to my people on the street like in New York City right. and if you know you were cat- lucky enough to like trade photos with these dudes that you know or like get a copy of like a graffiti magazine like maybe you would catch a glimpse of it but now it's like I gotta like paint for Instagram. Like, you know what I mean? It's dumb. You'll know I really made it when you can't find me on the net. That's lit. I mean, it's real because like I I was talking about someone the other day. I'm like, I haven't seen them on Instagram in a while. I wonder if they're okay. <laughs> Just because of the amount you, that like, they post. You'll be like, damn, Claw really doing it big. I can't find any info on her at all. Like, I where see, is she? Who's this Claudia Gold? She's popping up. I just don't. <laughs> I feel like everybody just giving, like, they're oversharing, giving away way too much information. Mm. They're getting or evaluating these online, you know, likes and um, and it's so hollow. It's like, you know, eating food with no nutrition. Like, oh, this is great. But it's not really like filling people up and the thing that you said before we started filming the show is that people don't know how to act they don't know how to talk they don't know how to give respect in the right way because they're used to talking to anyone everyone through a box and being a dick right and there's no real repercussions in that but in on the streets obviously we know there are it's like what you said <laughs> like what <laughs> what the fuck did you just say to me like what the fuck did you just type to me <laughs> you're lucky i don't got your ip address i'm telling you finger thugs they're out finger here finger thugs they heavy <laughs> i was looking at an old school video last night i had some haze from like you ever just have like throwback bud? Like this shit oh, was hell from yeah. like, but like my man was like, yo, some way too, I got something for you. I'm like, what do you got? I don't know. This guy's a fucking, looks like Harry Potter. What do you got for me? And he's like, yo, child. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, this is like 2001, son. <laughs> this is 
like the heights. This is like fucking Sherman. This is like, I was like, yo, what is this? So I was looking at a, a Tony Yayo video from like 2001 or two or something. And the video is called They Hate. <laughs> he was like looking at comments on threads. It's like, yo, why does he even try to rap? It was hilarious. Yeah. But it's easy to tell. Like imagine that you could tell someone that's been a, a predicate felon. Yes. Why are you trying to succeed? I had good lines for Tony Yayo. Tony Yayo, straight from J-Yo. Ooh, oh, bars. I didn't even... <laughs> you know my man, is, he's nice with his... Jose could make his shit, put an oh, auto-tune wow. on it, whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do, beats. <laughs> so you got the... You got the... um, You got a... Uh, oh, Tony, feel free to use that. If, if yeah. Exhibition, ex, ex, exhibi, exhibition, exhibition. That's what it's called, exhibition. In exhibition. Out in the on the West Coast, I see some big names on it, and the biggest name I've seen is <laughs> Claudia Gold. <laughs> so how does it feel? Like how does that feel? Like I mean, to start where you started, when you started, obviously. You're not no fucking spring chicken. You're hip to right. game. You know what's going on. Your stethoscope is to the streets. How does it feel that the people that you may have looked towards in this respected field, that now you're like, same, we in the same motherfucking building? Well, we, but they're, they're like my elders and I have respect for them and I'm happy to be there, I'm you know, as like happy. a supportive staff, you know, mm. like they're, they're, uh, the show is interesting um, because it's not about necessarily like who's important in graffiti necessarily. It's just people who have like transitioned sort of out of graffiti into the art world in a serious way. Yeah. So in, you know, if I was curating the show. Can we get would, the name of the show real quick? Yes, it is called Beyond the Streets and it's in Los Angeles from the 6th of May to the 6th of July. Make sure you check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're in L.A. or whatever. I mean, who's, who's, who lives there? Who goes there? Anyway, <laughs> it's a very unpopular place. <laughs> shout, shout out to all the L.A. listeners. You know. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm happy. It's 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 weird. A lot of time has passed. And, um, you know, people are like, yo, what up, OG? What up? And I'm like, me, OG. And I'm like, damn, like, I'm, like, old enough to be, like, an OG in this culture. Like, they're living legends, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm very honored to be in the show. What were you going to say, like, if it was your show? Oh, if it was my show, I would probably have, like, a very different list of, like, who's important. A lot a lot of overlapping artists on there. But um, some of the people that, like, I feel are so important to graffiti uh, for different reasons, um, you know, just a, a different list. Can and while they're, while they're, what? I was going to say, can you give us some examples? No, you'll have to wait for, you know, when I'm curating my show uh, in Sacramento. Oh, that was in happening? four years. No, I don't know. Oh, God. I was like, yeah, you got to come. In <laughs> Albany, my Claudia Gold curated graffiti show. Albany for three days only. What's the name of the company? Be there. <laughs> What's the company you're working with now? What What do you mean? You're what like company? The, uh, what was it? You said you were with uh, uh, Market? No, Promotion. Oh, he- Hilo? Hilo. I'm with Hilo Advertising. Yes. There we go. Yes, there. And like a big experiential marketing uh, and advertising company. That's big. I've seen a few documentaries on Netflix. I know there's... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I might... mean, it's it, there's a really... Advertising is having a really hard time right now. It's a terrible. You've seen a commercial that you think is funny or that's like resonates in pop culture. No, that's because they don't got you in there. <laughs> they're going to change the game, right? And they need somebody funny. Um, hello. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about me, but anyway, I'm not. You, so I'm not <laughs> I was talking about you too. <laughs> no. I'm not. I'm, no, you're not the only funny person no, in the I'm world. I mean, you're, you're the only. It, yeah. I um weirdly enough realized that like people didn't know I was funny like and that's why what the why I love Instagram because you see a different side oh, yes. of who and I find that a lot of people that follow me on Instagram they have no idea that I write graffiti or they have no idea about my clothing line they don't get it they're just like oh this chick is so funny I don't understand like what that is like what's the comedy what is that 
<laughs> Yo, I love when she she posts these posts about like when I smell weed on Delancey, and this is like the funniest series of fucking pictures. Like the last one, I think I don't know was the Jay Z, and beyond like Jay Z had this face of like. <laughs> you, guys, you guys can't see my face through the audio, but yeah, it was you funny. can imagine. You can imagine. You, you can, can go imagine. to her uh, Instagram and give her a follow, yes. Claw Money, and um, let's talk advertising. <laughs> let's talk, let's talk advertising. Advertising sounds it's, but like back, like like what you said. I think it's about sense of humor, it's right? Big. Totally. Because that's like the thing, you know. It just opens up a whole nother. I mean, level. like, because if you just watch, like, if this was eighty nine, and I just see your piece on the street, I don't know who you are. Wow, you're like, why are you so serious, bitch? Yeah, why is everything? <laughs> why is everything so? Why you seem so aggressive? And you're like, no, I was smiling when I did this. Are you kidding me? Um, I think, it, weirdly enough, though, Instagram has really dropped the bar on humor hard body and that there is a lot of unfunny shit that is being passed off as funny and it is incredibly disappointing how people are like eating it up and they kind of don't know good from bad i find that like memes while some are like the most funny and hilarious some are like the dumbest and most like redundant and it's uh, like an excuse for me to like just like put my phone down and like disgust like ugh. there's a lot of bad jokes out there what I feel the like, fuck I feel like it makes it I was so I, this is my new thing <clears throat> where I say people are if you're doing stand up comedy say I put a special out and then it comes out say I, I recorded today and it's released a month or not even a month like a year from now six months or half a year right, from now right your topics are gonna be off you're, right? now you're in a race against memes so if anything, like if you have a thought that's like not too specific, say Black Panther comes out, right? This is, you're already like if you came with a Black Panther joke, like it could work in the general setting, but like if you were like, all right, this special is gonna be really, you there was already a million memes about whatever your thought was, even if it's funny or not, because you don't have to worry about timing on a meme. You don't have to. You just put it like you said. It's like well, you have to worry about timing. You have to do it fast. I like, mean, like or, as far right. as putting it up, but I mean, like if you're on stage, like timing, pacing. Oh, and, like, sure, like sure, that. sure. No, there's not. Nobody there's looking no, at you. Right. There's no rhythm. You're not yeah. vibing. Right. You're just sort of like throwing out like shit on the wall. But and it makes if it, it yeah. sticks, right? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they're like graffiti. Uh, they're the same thing in graffiti. I'm pretty sure there's like people that aren't even fucking didn't even really put in time or pay dues or whatever you call oh it. Oh my god, they're killing where, it on Instagram and they're like superstars and right. nobody knows the difference, right? And you you're know like, I mean? who is this guy? Yeah, there's a lot of those. He's a fucking. You go there's all a city. Lot of those. You worry about going all city. You ever go all Instagram? <laughs> You ain't never went all Instagram, it's yo. It's true. I never did. I'm telling you. That's the next level. You got to get back into the game. It's I true. mean, the writing game. I got to I gotta take over. Get back in it, yo. Oh, You're no. going to be all gram. All gram. I'll just do like my basement walls. I'm telling every day. I'll just be like, oh, I'm getting up in the alleys. Ooh. <laughs> so what's your next, uh, where, where do you see yourself going after, uh, was it Kilo? Kilo? Uh, well... Claudia Gold. Claudia Gold. So uh, Claudia Gold is still doing way too many things in way too many categories. And I I guess I like it like that. I didn't, you know, everyone's like, no, you really should just pick one thing and stick to it. But I'm good at so many things and I get bored. (laughs) Like if I had to just make clothes all the time, it's just like, what is this for? This is so stupid, you know? Mm -hmm. And if I could, you know, if I just was like painting or murals or something like that would be, what would I do in the wintertime when those jobs are few and far between? You know what I mean? Like I need lots of things going on all the time. And then, of course, I tell my friends what to do with their businesses and, you know, I'm busy, like, bossing everyone around doing stuff because that's what I do. Did you always have that? Were you always like that? Yeah. But, you know, I do it to my friends. My friends do it to me. Like, it's, like, good. It, I I welcome the commentary. Like, I'm like, bring it. Yeah, yeah. What should I make? What should I do? Yeah, yeah. you think that? How come? Why? You know? <laughs> that kind of stuff, um, you know, kind of takes you out of your 
your safe, you know, space or whatever and forces you to push further. So. So it's the thrill. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's all about relationships and doing good work and helping people. People help me. I help people. It's the balance. I I don't know what I'll be doing in five years. Will I still be on Delancey Street? I hope so. I don't I don't think so because the neighborhood's changing so fast and they're going to want like a hefty rent over there. They're opening a Target. Oh. They're opening up a Trader Joe's. They're like it's just being flooded with uh, like big box stores. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I have a cool landlord. He says I have other stores. So who knows? Maybe I'll be on 53rd and 3rd. Maybe I'll be on Malcolm X and, you know, 138th or something like whatever. I don't know what I'll be doing, but I'll be doing something. And it'll be hot. And it'll be hot. You know what I'm saying? Because whatever you do out here. That's right. I got the golden touch. The golden touch. That's why I last name was gold, (laughs) B. You see, you got to put this shit together before it comes together sometimes. Like, you got to already see where it's going. You know? Right. There we go. This ain't no fucking... It was destiny. It was destiny. This ain't no fucking trickery. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? This is written. This was... was, Nah, this one said it was written. This was written. All right. Um... Unfortunately, we got to wrap it up. Uh, but I have a question that I ask everyone. And thank you so much. Like, so we recorded this. If, if you guys listened to the whole thing, we recorded this March 28th. Final day of the month. Uh, Women's History Month. Is it the final day? Final day of Isn't the month. Isn't there three more days of month? Oh, shit. I thought this was uh, February. fucking February. Yeah, well, you, actually, but when it comes out. April 1st. I mean, April 4th. April Fool deal. <laughs> Look at that, yo. You, you fucking choreographed the best fool of all time. Best foolery. So this is, but this is the last. The last show the, day the of last, March. The last show that I'm recording in March. That's correct. So it felt good. Because right. I got you on here. Women's History Month. Women's History Month. You're a boss. And that's the thing. I mean, I want to get to the point where, because like as a comic, a comedian, I don't like when people go, I just want to be a comedian. I don't want to be a black comedian. I don't want to be a comedian from the Bronx. I just want to be a funny fucking guy. So the same thing with women, I feel like, I, I didn't want to say as a woman, how do you, because yeah, obviously you're a fucking woman, but you're a boss motherfucker at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Correct. You know, so thank you so much for coming well, on. thank you for having um, me. It was for, fun. For anybody coming up, right? They see these obstacles in their way. They don't even know how to get off the porch. Or maybe they do, but it looks so fucking scary out there. They see the obstacles out there. They see all of the resilience in their path. No, not resilience. Resistance. Resistance. In their path. What do you tell that guy to get off of the porch? Or that girl or whoever to get off the porch? You know what it is? Don't worry about what these assholes have to say online. Just do you. Do you. You heard it here first. <laughs> you didn't hear that. You did not hear that here first. I'm, Do you? It's, I coined that tonight. You can't coin that. That was already out. That's fucking really campaigns and shit. It's like in hey, a fucking. That's my new. It's my new tag, and I'm sticking to it. Dude, it's like in a YooHoo campaign. Do you? In this a YooHoo campaign. Trademark. All right. So. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> you heard it here first. Do you, people. Whatever you do, you make sure you do you. And, and, and LL, LL Cool J once said, do it well. Make sure you, whatever you do, do it and do it well. Yes. Claudia Gold, Claw Money, thank you so much. Thank you for is there, me. Is there anything you want to tell your fans before you get out of here? You want to tell them where they can find you, what they could uh, say to you, where they can support you? Okay, look for Claudia Gold everywhere, but if you can't find her, look for Claw Money. Mm. We out here. We out here. Thank you so much. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 